open your Bibles with me to the Gospel of John, John chapter 3, John chapter 3. Last week <clears throat> we began considering verse 1 to verse 4 under this title that you must be born again. This morning I would like us to consider verse 5 to verse 8 under the same title you must be born again and this would be the second part. I will read verse 1 to verse 8 and then we will consider verse 5 to verse 8. John chapter 3. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say it to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Let us pray once again, ask God for help. We thank you, our Heavenly Father, for such an opportunity as this to sit under the counsel of your word. We pray now that <clears throat> you would help us to hear what you have for us in your word. Through your Holy Spirit, the prophets wrote and spoke. We pray that this morning you would unlock the truth because you are the key unlock this truth to us that we may be able to behold the wondrous things that you have for us therein pray that the saints may be encouraged sinners may be saved we know that the flowers fade the gra grass with us but your word abides forever pray that it would dwell in our hearts richly this morning to keep us longing for the return of our Savior. Help me as I communicate to these dear ones. I'll not give them my philosophies or ideas, but the plain truth that is written down for us in your word. Grant that your Holy Spirit would be at work in the hearts of everyone here. That 
his work would be evident in our hearts. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So we began to consider uh, this passage last week under the title that you must be born again. And <clears throat> the necessity of the new birth is well established in that phrase that you must be born again. As you listen to this sermon, please have it in your minds constantly that this is a necessity. You must be born again. You must. It is a must that you be born again. If anyone will see the kingdom of God, they must be born again. Now there's a sense in which we live in a society that has people saying that uh, they are born again Christians while not quite understanding what they mean. Many mean that they have gone and done something known as being born again and therefore they feel very happy about themselves in a very prideful manner whether they know it or not this could be easy, this could be easily you who is seated there and it could be you who thinks that there's something that you did so that you may be born again being born again is not something that you do for yourself as we saw last Sunday, the proclamation that you must be born again is not something that you can rot in your heart, that you can do for yourself. You cannot give yourself the new bath any more than you can give yourself natural bath. None of us here told our parents when to be born, where to be born. We did not even choose who our parents would be. You know, leave alone deciding where we would, we would be born or when we will be born. And the new birth is similar. It is given. It is something that must happen to you. When Jesus Christ tells Nicodemus, you must be born again, he's telling him that this is, this is a reality that must happen to you. This is something that must happen to you. The Holy Spirit is the only one who can do it. And if you're going to see the kingdom of God, it must happen to you. You must be born again. Now, having considered last week that the new birth is necessary, that the new birth is second or other, and the new birth is heavenly or from above, like for, for us to consider this morning uh, three things, that the new birth is a cleansing bath. Number one, the new birth is a cleansing bath. Verse 5 and verse 7. And then number two, the new bath is a spiritual bath, verse 6 and verse 7. And then number three, the new bath is a sovereign bath, verse 8 and verse 7. So number one, the new bath is a cleansing bath. Number two, the new bath is a spiritual bath. And number three, the new bath is a sovereign bath. Number one, the new bath is a cleansing bath. Look with me there at verse 5. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now we've already seen Nicodemus coming to Christ and telling Christ how he is impressed by him. 
that no one can do these things that Christ is doing unless he's been sent by God. And uh, Jesus, Jesus takes Nicodemus to a completely different matter. One that we would think that is the most important thing in the whole Bible. This matter of the new birth. And so he proclaims to him there in verse 3 that unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus doesn't understand what Jesus is telling him. He's wondering how can someone go again into the womb of his mother and be born while he's old. And Jesus, Jesus is telling him, that's not what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Verse 5. <clears throat> truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. It has been debated a lot, the meaning of verse 5 here. But for further reading on various understandings of this particular verse, I recommend J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on the Gospels, John, John Volume 1. And you, you will see there how he explains all the sorts of meanings that people have with, with, with uh, this verse. <clears throat> but then the main, the, the main meaning or the plain meaning of this verse can well be understood as a spiritual renovation. When Jesus says, you must be born again, unless one is born of water and spirit, what he means is that there must be a spiritual renovation, a spiritual revitalization, if you will, a, a, a change from within, the purging of defilement, the creation of new life. That's what Jesus is referring to when he says, uh, <clears throat> unless one is born of water and the spirit. Now, being born of water and the spirit means that one has to be thoroughly cleansed. One has to be regenerated completely. One's heart has to be changed. God has to remove the heart of stone and implant the heart of flesh. And that's what being born of water and the spirit means. One must have another heart which is clean. The way water washes and cleans. And, and in this way that water washes and cleans, this is how one ought to be born of water. This is not a reference to baptism. Because we would as well say that if this is baptism being referred here, being born of water, then baptism is necessary for regeneration. Um, but, but we know that to say that is to add to the work that only God can do. Um, now consider the thief on the cross. Would all of us be in agreement that he was born again? And the answer would be yes, he was born again. For him to be able to tell Christ, remember me when you, when you, when you get to heaven, he must have been regenerated. God must have given him the new birth. But the truth is that the, the thief on the cross was not baptized. And so being born of water here cannot mean that it is baptism because that would be to to say that one must be baptized if one is born again and that's not the case baptism is an outward sign of what has happened inwardly it's a proclamation that god has saved me and see i have been changed from the inside out and so this is not this is not baptism this is just to say that one has to be thoroughly cleansed go with me to ezekiel 36 
Ezekiel 36. In Ezekiel 36, we have that proclamation of what God is going to do uh, in the heart of the sinner. How God is going to transform uh, the, the sinner. And in verse 25 through 27, Ezekiel 36 verse 25 to 27, God says that he's the one that is going to put his spirit within the sinner. He says, I will sprinkle clean water on you. And, you. and you see that same language? Being born of water, I will sprinkle clean water on you. And you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. So what being born of water here means is that one has to be thoroughly cleansed. One has to be thoroughly washed. One has to be regenerated completely. So he says there that and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols. I will cleanse you. And then what, how does this look like? I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone uh, uh, from, from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my statutes. And be careful to obey my rules. So what we have there as being born of water is that one has to be thoroughly cleansed one has to be thoroughly washed one has to be regenerated and that's why christ follows it very closely with being born of water and the spirit so being born of, being born of water there is not to be understood as being baptized so we have there jesus telling nicodemus that both the negative and the positive ought to happen to him the negative you have to be washed of your filth you have to be purified the positive you have to be born again born of the spirit of god you have to be given new life jesus therefore is not mincing his words when he says there in verse 7 do not marvel that i said to you you must be born again you must be born again this is something that must happen to you and so when we say that the new bath is a cleansing bath we get that idea from verse 5 there that one must, be one must be born of water and the spirit. One must be washed. One must be cleansed. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That cleansing must happen. And it comes from the spirit of God. Now, George Whitfield is said to have been a very powerful preacher. Powerful in the sense that he proclaimed the word of God without fear, without favor. His impact was immense through the preaching of God's word. And George Whitfield would constantly proclaim the new birth in his preachings. He would uh, constantly preach to people that you must be born again. You must be born again. And people would ask him, why, why do you constantly tell us that we must be born again? And his answer would be simply that... It's because you must, you must, you must be born again. And this is, this is what we have here. When Jesus is telling Nicodemus that he must be born again, he's, he's actually telling him, you must be cleansed, you must be washed, you must be regenerated. You must be born again if you're going to see the kingdom of God. And that's what he says there. Unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Number two, the new birth is a spiritual birth. So the new birth is a cleansing 
bath then number two the new bath is a spiritual bath look with me at verse six verse six that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit oh, jesus here is, is is telling nicodemus a plain truth that people beget people flesh begets flesh william hendrickson says here sinful human nature produces sinful human nature people are not born christians because people are born of flesh they are flesh and so jesus is telling telling nicodemus here the new bath is a spiritual bath that which you are referring to there in verse 4 jesus is telling nicodemus that which you are referring to being born going to the woman being born that is being born of the flesh and that's not what i'm talking about that which is born of flesh is flesh children that are born uh, to to us humans are not born as christians they are born sinners and their depravity is evident to us as they continue to grow we are able to see how wicked they can be even at a tender age Svodibokam says that children are vipers in diapers they are they are just good looking so that we don't kill them because that which is born of flesh is flesh a clean thing cannot come out of an unclean thing job tells us in job chapter 14 verse 4 no, nothing clean can come out of an unclean thing in romans chapter 8 verse 7 we read for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to god because that which is born of flesh is flesh for it does not submit to, to god's law indeed it cannot those who are in the flesh cannot please god paul tells us that being in the flesh means that you cannot please god you are hostile to god because that which is born of flesh is flesh the new bath my dear friends is a spiritual bath it's not bath of the flesh and it's not what nicodemus is referring to there in verse 4 the apostle paul again tells us in first corinthians chapter 2 verse 14 the natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of god for they are folly to him and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned that which is born of flesh is natural and when we are born of flesh we are natural people and we cannot understand spiritual things because they are spiritually designed and we have to be born again that spiritual bath for us to be able to understand spiritual things jesus is telling nicodemus the new bath is a spiritual bath natural people cannot understand spiritual things because they have been born of flesh the apostle paul in galatians chapter 5 verse 19 to 21 tells us the works of the flesh he says now the works of the flesh are evident sexual immorality impurity sensuality idolatry sorcery enmity strife jealousy fits of anger uh, rivalries dissensions divisions envy drunkenness orgies and things like this i warn you as i warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of god do you hear similar language if you're not born again you cannot inherit the kingdom of god the apostle paul is saying this is how what the the things of the flesh the deeds of the flesh the works of the flesh look like and those that have them 
are not born of the Spirit. And therefore, they cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because the new birth, my dear brethren, is a spiritual birth. So the, the new birth is, is <clears throat> spiritual because that which is born of spirit, Jesus says there in verse 6, is spirit. Similarly, that's what Jesus is saying. Similarly, that which is born of spirit is spirit. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And similarly, that which is born of spirit is spirit. And so the new birth is spiritual because that which is born of spirit is spirit. If the Holy Spirit does not do something, nothing will come forth. If the Holy Spirit does, does, does not save, does not give the new birth, no birth is going to be there. Parents here and aspiring parents, you can only beget flesh as you yourselves are. The children who are born with, uh, <coughs> with, with, out of us, they are born with a sin nature. And it is our responsibility, it is your responsibility as a parent to bring the gospel to the children, which alone is the power of God and to salvation of any, any who believe. Because the new birth is a spiritual birth and faith comes from hearing the word of God. Number three, the new bath is a sovereign bath. The new bath is a sovereign bath. The new bath is not only a cleansing bath, it's not only a spiritual bath, <clears throat> it ultimately is a sovereign bath. Verse 8. It says there, the wind blows where it wishes <clears throat> and you hear its sound but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes so it is with everyone who is born of the spirit now no one can ever claim control of the wind <clears throat> no one can ever stand and say I'm the one who controls and directs the wind no one directs it no one even sees the wind isn't that what we read there? The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. We cannot see it. We are not the ones who direct it. We are not the ones who control it. We cannot even see the wind. But its, its effect is visible. We can, we, can, <clears throat> we can hear it. We can see it blowing things. But you do not know where it is going or where it is coming from. And this is how the Spirit of God operates, Jesus says. He says, <clears throat> So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. This is the same way the Spirit of God operates, like the wind. Jesus is granting us there an illustration. He's, he's telling Nicodemus, look at the wind. How does the wind operate? The wind moves the way it pleases, the way it wishes, however, however it wants. No one directs it, no one tells it, go east or go west. Go west. And this is how the Spirit of God moves. He, the Holy Spirit, is God and therefore is sovereign. God the Son tells us that God the Holy Spirit operates like the wind, according to his own pleasure. He does whatever he pleases there uh, in Psalm 115 verse 3. Our God is in the heavens, he does whatever he pleases. That includes God the Holy Spirit. 
those who have been born again have been born out of the will of the Holy Spirit now John has already told us in chapter 1 and verse 12 and 13 that all who did receive him all who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of God and these children they were born right people don't become children by anything any other mechanism other than being born and they were born and verse 13 says who are born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh and you hear similar language there nor of the will of flesh nor of the will of man but of God that which is born of flesh is flesh and therefore those who are born again are not born of flesh they are born of the will of God they're not born of the will of man they're not born of their own will they're not born out of the will of anyone else other than the will of God why because the new birth is a sovereign birth now <clears throat> James tells us and we've just finished considering the book of James in James chapter 1 verse 18 James tells us how we were brought forth how we were born as Christians James 1 18 says of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of fast foods of his creatures those who are born again those who have the new birth are so because the Spirit of God wills it out of the sovereign will of the Spirit of God because Jesus tells us there in uh, uh, um, verse 8 that the Spirit of God operates the way the wind operates listen to JC Ryle here he says this mighty change it must never be forgotten we cannot give to ourselves he says the very name which our Lord gives to it is a convincing proof of this he calls it a bath no man is the author of his own existence and no man can quicken his own soul we might as well expect a dead man to give himself life as expect a natural man to make himself spiritual and what JC Riley is saying there is that the very fact that Jesus calls it a bath makes the point that it is sovereign it is done out of the will of the person being born it is a sovereign bath my dear friends if God does not give you the new bath you will go to hell you will die and you will perish in your sins you cannot give it to yourself God must do it therefore every sinner is commanded to cry out to God for mercy because God is the one that gives the new bath the only thing that you and I can do is cry out to God be merciful to me a sinner otherwise no one would be born again if the Spirit of God would not operate sovereignly oh how we praise the Lord that the Spirit of God decided to save us he out of his own will chose to save us now I'd like you to notice there that the work of the Holy Spirit is effective it is effective it's an effective work Jesus says the wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound the very fact that we hear the sound of the wind 
makes it plain to us that the wind is there, the wind is working, the wind is moving, it is operating. And Jesus says, this is the same way that the Spirit operates. That even though we do not see how the Spirit, uh, 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 we, we, sorry, even though we do not know how the Spirit works, we see the effect of His work. We are able to, to know that the Holy Spirit is at work because His work is effective. His work is visible. We can see it. I'd like to direct you to the letter of John. Same author. First John. First letter of John. And I'd like you to notice how <clears throat> this is one of the ways we know that it's the same author. Because of the way he writes. He communicates in a similar fashion. Like he does in his gospel. First John chapter 2 verse 9. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. You hear that language of being born? Everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Chapter 3 and verse 9. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. Chapter 4 verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. All this shows that the work of the Spirit is visible. It is effective. Chapter 5 and verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. You know, and everyone who loves the Father loves loves whoever has been born of him the work of the spirit is is visible chapter 5 verse 4 for everyone who has been born of god overcomes the world chapter 5 verse 18 we know that everyone who has been born of god does not keep on sinning and so we see that the work of the spirit is an effective work when someone claims to have the new birth, it's visible in the way they live. They love the brethren. They refrain themselves from sin. They claim, they proclaim Jesus as the Christ. They continue to walk in righteousness because God is righteous. And this is how we know that someone, someone's profession, someone's confe confessing that he is a Christian is true because the work of the Spirit is evident in them. Because the work of the Holy Spirit is effective. Wherever there is a new birth, my dear brethren, there is an effective work of the Holy Spirit. Because he does this sovereignly and therefore produces fruit in his people. Isn't that why God saved us? For by grace you have been saved through faith and this not of your own doing so that no man may boast. Then he says there in Ephesians 2.10 that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. And so friends, the work of the Holy Spirit is an effective work. Jesus says there that even though we do not see the wind, we know that it is there because its work is effective. We hear its sound. 
We do not know where it comes from or where it goes, but we know that it is there because of the effect that it grants. The way the Holy Spirit moves is mysterious, my friends. We do not know how he moves. Isn't that what we've just sung? I know not how the Spirit moves, convincing man of sin, revealing Jesus through the Word, creating faith in him. We do not know how it works, but what we know is whom we have believed. We are persuaded that he is able to keep us. We are persuaded that he has done a work in our hearts and that's why we live for him. That's why we do everything for him. That's why we live for his glory. That's why we give ourselves to him. That's why we die daily to self. That's why we take up our cross and follow him. Because why? We believe that he has done something. Even though we do not know how the spirit moves, we know that he has wrought a work in our hearts. And because of this work, we therefore live for him. And to say that the new birth is a sovereign birth is not to say that the sinner is not commanded to repent of his sins and put his trust in Jesus Christ. To say that the new birth is, sover is sovereignly done by the Lord Jesus Christ through his spirit is not to say that the, the, the sinner has no responsibility. To say that the new birth is a sovereign birth is to say that you do not have ability to come to God by yourself, but you have responsibility to repent of your sins and to put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so sovereign election only, <clears throat> only grants that sinners are responsible even though they are not able. We are unable in and of ourselves to go to God, but we are responsible for our sins. And therefore God commands us to repent of our sins and to put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, <clears throat> God, my dear friends, as we have constantly seen and heard, is a good God. God is good so that anyone who will call upon his name, they will be saved. They will be, <clears throat> they will be changed. They will be granted eternal life what we are saying here is this work of the new birth is a work that only God can do it is a monogistic work it is single-handedly dealt with by God God is the one that saves people God is the one that grants people the new birth you cannot do it for yourself the only thing you can do is realize that you're a sinner turn from your sins turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and the Bible says you will be saved. Applications. Applications of what you've just had. Two of them. One. Ask yourself, have you been born again? It was the practice of the Puritans to constantly pray and ask the Lord to, to save them, to give them the new life. They would constantly look inward and ask themselves, Am I born again? Like you, as you listen to these two sermons that you've just heard now, ask yourself, Have I been born again? Am I a Christian? Has God saved me? Have I been regenerated? Ponder, ponder upon that question 
And if you're not able to do so, if you're not, not able to answer whether or not you're born again, run to the cross of Christ. Go to Him. Ask for forgiveness. Repent of your sins. Turn away from your sins. And turn to Christ. And you will be saved. As I proclaim to you that the new birth is a cleansing work, a spiritual work, a sovereign work, I am aware that the Holy Spirit is at work in every one of our hearts. Your responsibility is to go to, to God in Christ, to plead for mercy, to ask God for forgiveness. If you're a Christian here, you've been born again, you love righteousness, you hate sin, you love the brethren. Those things that we've seen there in First John. You give all of yourself to God. Number two, if you're not committed to a life of righteousness, how sure are you that you've been born again? If you have not given yourself to live for God, how sure can you be that you have been born again? If you do not crave for the pure spiritual milk of God's word, how sure are you that you've been born? You can't. If you don't love the things of God, the people of God, communing with God, you cannot be sure that you've been born again. Because the Spirit of God testifies with our own spirits that we are children of God. And therefore we are able to do what? To cry out, Abba, Father. Because He has done a work in us. If you are not longing and hungering for righteousness, you are not committed to a life of righteousness, you cannot be sure that you've been born again. Jesse Ryle finishes there with very daunting words. I can't quite get the exact phrasing of the words, but he says, if you are not born again, one day you will wish that you were not born at all. The new birth is necessary. It is a heavenly bath. It is a cleansing bath. It is a sovereign bath. If it does not happen to you, one day you will wish that you were not born. But oh how God is merciful. Oh how sinners Jesus will receive. And that's the message that we sound to all. That sinners Jesus will receive. That all of us may go in. That all of us may go to him. That all of us may cry out for mercy. That all of us may ask, be merciful to me, a sinner. And God will save us. God will redeem us. Because he is a good God. Make no mistake. As you listen to me this morning. Be sure that you must be God. Heavenly Father, we've considered a couple of things. 
last week and today regarding the new birth. We know, we know that the new birth is necessary. It's second, it's other, it's heavenly, it comes from above. Just finished hearing that the new birth is is a cleansing. It's, it's that we may be washed, that we may be born of water and the spirit. That it's a spiritual birth. That it is being born of the spirit. And that it is a sovereign birth. And all we can do as helpless sinners is cry out to you, be merciful to us. Lord, when we pray for our friends and families who are not converted, we ask that you be merciful to them, that you save them. Because if you do not grant them the new birth, they're not able to come by themselves and they will be liable, they will be responsible for their sins. We want this for ourselves, we want this for our friends and family, we want this for our children, we want this for our enemies. Because no one is able to take your wrath and survive other than the Lord Jesus Christ who has already done it. And if we go to him, he will save us for all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We ask that you would help us to look to Christ, to constantly depend upon him. And as we've seen, to live a life of righteousness, those of us that have the new birth, that because God's seed abides in our hearts that we would, uh, we, would, we would go out and live for you, take up our crosses and follow you. Live righteously for you are righteous. Love the brethren. Give ourselves to this holy God. Bless us with these things this day. Answer us according to your will. Hear us for we pray these things in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.